0: Okay, we'd like to welcome you to our Bible study and current events study for 7807. What today's topic is going to be is the Mark of the Beast. From this point on, I'm going to start breaking up my teachings into different sections so it makes it a little more user-friendly for people to go up there and download. And I received a list of questions this week from a, uh, a listener wanting to know more about the Mark of the Beast and all of the things that surround that, the technology and a lot of the other things that we're going to get into. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through these questions one by one, address each point, and hopefully provide a lot of documentation and verification of what I'm saying here. The first question that, that he was asking is, did I feel if the real ID is the mark or is it just the first step in the mark now the real ID for those of you that don't know is what is on the slate to be implemented next May of 2008 which is going to be like a national ID card and this national ID card um, essentially it's going to incorporate your driver's license and a lot of the other things uh, that we would have all in one card so what they're going to do is unless you receive one of these national ID cards by a certain date you will not be able to go uh, uh, travel on planes, uh, things of this nature, you won't be able to go into like um, courthouses there's a whole laundry list of things you won't be able to do without it and what we're moving toward here more is a, a state where we have it's like pre-Nazi uh, Germany where you, know, you hear those, that expression, show me your papers. This is what we're moving toward. And the real ID card is not obviously the mark of the beast, but it's, it's a step in that direction. You see, Satan is incremental in what he tries to do. He doesn't just try to just put it all on you at, at one time. Um, it's that analogy that I use so many times about, you know, if you start a frog out in lukewarm water and you slowly turn it up to a a rolling boil, by the time it gets to a rolling boil, the frog doesn't understand what has happened and he doesn't jump out. Whereas if you put a frog in boiling water right off the bat, it will jump out quickly. It's the same thing we're dealing with here with this technology. This technology is being implemented um, slowly, I mean, too quick for my my liking, and I'm sure your liking, but it is being implemented slowly and incrementally and in stages, and it's more subtle that way, and as we know, Satan is the most subtle beast of the field. There's been a lot of legislation since 9-11 that have also done a lot to strip away our rights and things of this nature. Now, just because the, the legislation's been implemented doesn't mean it's been fully enacted and set in motion yet. Uh, there's a lot of provisions in the Patriot Act and things of this nature, or Project BioShield that was signed by President Bush, that if enacted under martial law, you know, they could force vaccinate us, they could basically take away, you know, our property, they could enslave us, and these types of things. If you have any doubts on this, please email me, and I will email you the legislations that you can check out for yourself, and the executive orders that will be implemented with these types of things. So. Uh, you know, I think this is one of the reasons why the Bible says, Pray that you be accounted worthy to escape all these things that are coming on the earth. It's something that we should be praying about. Not because you 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 want to be just chicken, but because the Bible says we should pray these things. And I think this is another reason the scriptures say, you know, Wherefore come out from among her my people, that you be not partakers of her plagues. These are, um, granted that was said during the, during the tribulation in the book of Revelation, but... There are types of things that I think that that, um, we can look at and incorporate into our own prayer life. The Bible says, "...the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished." It says that in Proverbs. So, there's really nothing um, wrong with this. It's good to know what is coming so that we can prepare ourselves for the day at hand. Because there's some dark days ahead, and there's no doubt. And again, where the Bible says uh, in First Corinthians 2.11, uh, Let Satan get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We These are his devices that he is going to try to, again, implement in an incremental fashion. And if we had something like a false flag nuclear event, or the bird flu one of these uh, terrorist attacks on U.S. soil, if they could find a way to implement martial law, a lot of this would become reality overnight for us. And that's what a lot of people do not understand, that this could become reality overnight if that happened. The, uh, so, to, to you know, hopefully I answered that first question. No, the real idea is not the mark, but it is a step toward the mark. It's a conditioning tool as much as anything. The second question reads: is, is the implantable chip the mark of the beast, or is it just the second step to the mark? <clears throat> yes, it's essentially the second step. Now, the implantable chip—the the one that we've heard most about—is the VeriChip by Digital Angel uh, from VeriChip Corporation, and uh, there's a whole website devoted to this, and it was called—it's called, called WeThePeopleWillNotBeChipped.com. And it's just one word, chipped.com. okay? Uh, spelled just like it sounds. The man that has this site is um, a, a friend of mine. He's been on my email list, and he's got some dynamite information on this website. And it's, it's essentially just devoted to this subject. And a lot of what we're going to be going over today is research straight off this site, because this is his specialty. This is one of his specialties. And he's got a lot of excellent information. Now, there's a, uh, a fact sheet that I'm going to read you. I'm not going to read you the whole fact sheet, but it's it's a link they have up there called the Verichip Fact Sheet. Now, this is the implantable, injectable microchip that people have already been implemented, that this has already been implemented with certain people in the United States. Um, they've, you know, obviously we know about them uh, chipping animals, you can get your pet chipped and, and they scan it, you know, and that way they can uh, you know, you can but see, again, these are all conditioning tools for us, they're doing it, they've done it with for livestock, in fact, it says here Digital Angel Corporation, the one that the, owns the rights to the chip, they've uh, they've been involved in the development and manufacture of livestock identification since 1948 so it's been around a long time not, not to say they were using the very chip in 1948, but this is what their goal was, and again, their goal was incremental as well. So it's been around a long time. They've just done uh, this recently, where they they uh, microchip these Alzheimer's patients over, I believe, in Fort Lauderdale. There was a big protest to that, <clears throat> but the rationales and the reasons always seem great. Oh well, these Alzheimer's patients. What if they wander out of the building and, and they're in this. You know this state, and they don't know where they're at, we can track them with these chips that we're going to implant. And uh, this is how they're implementing this agenda, because they're going to make it sound real good. Now, <clears throat> I can also provide you with a short video. In fact, if you're, if you're hearing this, and you've got it off the email that I've sent out, and if you, if anybody's interested, you can email me. My email address is on the uh, on the website. It's drjohnson at the letter i the letter x dot netcom dot com. I'll give you. The, there's a short video on this that you can watch, and you can watch uh, the president of VeriChip, Scott Silverman. He has being interviewed on. Uh, Oh, I don't know, one of like the Today Show or whatever. And you can see his quotes right from his mouth. Now, Scott Silverman is the chairman of the, of the board for the Verichip Corporation, promoting the Verichip human tracking device as a way to identify immigrants and guest workers. We'll see, this is another thing. Oh, we've, we've got this big, gigantic problem with the illegal aliens that, that the government has created. By design, every bit of it. And again, if you doubt that, please email me. I'll, I'll provide you the documentation on that. And now, because we've created the problem, this is, what, this is how the Illuminati, this is how the higher-ups do things. They create the problem, and then they also provide the solution. And the agenda is still theirs, that they're implementing, but they're the ones that are in total control of it. Now, not to say that the Lord Jesus Christ is not on the throne. He, he is. He's permitting this to happen. This is part of the strong delusion that's coming upon the earth um, where as many people are going to believe this lie. And if you go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, you can read about that. So we've got a lot of things going on right now, but Scott Silverman, chairman of the board, is um, basically saying that this is going to be a great way to identify immigrants and guest workers. So now we've got—we've already mentioned Alzheimer's patients. They've—they've they've also mentioned uh, chipping, you know, children in case you know they get lost or whatever runaways. And now we've got the immigrants and the guest workers. They've already been doing it to the animals, our pets. So this—this this technology when you implement it in this way, it does not seem near as offensive as if they just came out and, and, and like the, you know, the Antichrist says, come and receive my mark, lest you, you're, you're not going to be able to buy or sell unless you, you know, bow down and worship me and receive my mark. Well, this is a much more subtle way of ultimately getting to that final objective. That's the point here. Further on this very chip fact sheet, it says Colombian President Alvaro Uribe reportedly told Senator Arlen Specter of Pennsylvania that he would ha- that he would consider having microchips implanted into the Colombian workers before they are permitted to enter the United States to work on a seasonal basis. Tommy Thompson, former so- Secretary of Health and Human Services, joined the Verichip Corporation after leaving the Bush administration cabinet post. He went so far as to say that he was actually going to get chipped. Now, I don't think he did, but he went so far as to say that, that he thinks it's a great idea. Tommy Thompson also went on national television recommending that all Americans get chipped as a way to link to their medical records. Tommy Thompson, Defender of the Faith. So, yeah, this is... Um, and again, this link that I'll send you, you'll see, you'll see a lot of these, uh, these actual interviews or clips of them. Tommy Thompson uh, went to Veri- uh went to Verichip, and Verichip told him that they could replace the military dog tags, and now they're actually having talks between them and the Pentagon. So this would be a way to replace the dog tags because see a dog tag around somebody that's in the military, that can get lost, but see if you're implanted. There's a lot less likelihood that's going to get lost. But see, this is the rationale. This is going to be the rationale, to a certain extent, for the mark of the beast as well. I mean, they're going to make this sound great. chip implant can be read whenever you pass through a doorway equipped with the VeriChip portal scanner. Now, that's the infancy technology. That's not really where it's going to end up. We're going to talk about that in a second. Patent number 7116. 2.3.0 combines RFID which means radio frequency identifier RFID technology with a portable receiver to track the location of assets that's what we're referred to now as assets, like a commodity, assets within a fixed setting, such as a building or a warehouse so in other words they're basically saying now We're going to go a little bit further than just being able to scan you through walking through a door. We're going to actually be able to locate you within a building because it's going to be combining an RFID chip with it, which basically um, would allow one... Radio frequency identifier would allow one to be tracked through a building. And now they're already using this with with, um, Walmart being the the one that's at the the absolute um, spearhead of implementing RFID technology on... They're going to try to do it on all the products. The, the, the biggest problem they've had is finding a way to economically do it. But there's all kinds of products they've already got which have the RFID chips already on them that, that can be tracked. So, you know, this stuff is... This technology is here and it's being implemented. The Verichip Corporation has gone on record to say that the implantable GPS tracked chip... Could be worth a whopping 100 billion, comprising 26 potential vertical markets. That sort of revenue, by any company standards, is stupendous and would require a great part of the world's population to be chipped. Okay, now, what does it mean implantable GPS track chip? What does that mean? GPS, Global Positioning System, is what it means. So this is why you ever you know you can go out and buy a GPS and you can go out in the middle of the Caribbean and they know exactly where you're at. Why? Because they've got all these, these satellites up in the air and what they call a geodesic pattern that are above the ground that, that triangulate your position exactly where you're at on the world because they, that signal's coming out. Now, if that signal is in your hand, they know exactly where you're at. Well, if it's in planet, if you have a device, they know where you're at. You can th- take the device and smash it and they don't know where you're at. But if it's in your hand and it's GPS enabled, they can track you anywhere in the world, essentially. Now, I, I imagine if you went underground or whatever, they probably couldn't do it, but still. So this is, uh, this is what they're, they're talking about now, more the GPS enabled. And again, did you see how this was incremental? First, you're walking through a door and the very chip can identify you. The next thing, you're in a building now. It can identify you. Now you can go. Doesn't matter where you go, it can identify you. See how? What we just went through was a progression of increment uh, of incrementalization, and it's all by design. The very chip, very chip IPO will offer 4.3 million shares between six dollars and fifty cents and eight dollars fifty cents per share from the underwriters Merriam, Kerm, Ford, um, and there's a few others. So this is a this is basically a publicly traded stock, on the stock market chip, okay, mark of the beast here, technology, now I'm not saying this is the mark of the beast, because the mark of the beast is very specific, is what the Bible says and we're going to look at that the country's, the company's chief scientist, Dr. Peter Zhou, has gone on record to say before there may have been resistance regarding the VeriChip, but not anymore people are getting used to implants, new century new trend, yeah he's right He's absolutely right. And it's all by design. And a lot of it is profit-motivated because the love of money is the root of all evil. And obviously we've, we've seen here that there's gigantic profits that can be made off this as well. So, going a little bit further, the third question that was posed to me was will tattoos have something to do with the mark in Revelation 13? And... There's there's a few of these that kind of go together We're going to kind of answer them at the same time So will tattoos have something to do With the the mark of Revelation 13 And then it says Is the Greek word Sharamanja No Sharajama Referring to tattoo Now that is the Greek word for the mark Okay we're going to look at that in depth that, That word And then it says Would a tattoo be an etching in the skin and then question five, could the mark be all of these combined in one technology? Most likely because of what we're about to look at right now, I believe it's probably going to be some type of combination where, yes, it's going to be an implantable chip because the King James Bible says it's going to be in the hand or in the forehead. And we're going to look at that in depth as well. Uh, but, it's going to be the mark of the beast as well. So, most likely, yes, it's going to be a some type of, of GPS-enabled chip that is going to have all your information stored. And it may also incorporate some type of tattoo, whether it's some type of barcode, whether it's... We're going to look at some possibilities of, of what it could be. And I'm not saying I'm the definitive authority on the subject, but there's a lot of things that are, that are uh, interesting when we look at this and... Um, I've, I've received obviously a lot of information about this over the years and so I'm going to try to kind of combine uh, what I have seen and garnered and gleaned over the years into this report so we can kind of get a big picture and a broader perspective on, on, on this. Um, let's go a little bit further. Let's get into this, this study here. And when we look at the word Shara, shara jama. This is the Greek word, okay, for the mark, and when we look at this in um, the Blue Letter Bible up on the on the internet, when we, when we look at the um, um, the root for all these things, the first definition is a stamp or an imprinted mark, and then they list the mark stamped on the forehead of the right hand as the badge of the followers of Christ, and then it says... Uh, a thing carved, sculpture, graven work. Now, please understand as well, bear in, bear in mind something. When the Bible was written, and these types of things, they didn't understand what an implantable microchip with a GPS would mean. That, would, that wouldn't even come into their realm of think of a thinking pattern. Okay, so you have to kind of understand that that um, the, you know, as the authors would see things, they would have a harder time articulating something like that as well. Um, there's no old English for an implantable microchip that's GPS enabled. I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. Okay. Now, the the word shamarja is from the word charasso, which means to cut into. Okay, that's the word it's actually derived from. So, we've got a stamp, and imprinted mark, derived from the word to cut into, and also something that could be graven into, something carved. Okay, so, this is where... Now, if we go to Webster's 1828 dictionary, which is what I will normally first referred to, because what it does is it defines the words in the King James Bible as they were written in that time era. See, these words, many of the words, the meanings have changed since then. Just look up the word charity in the 1628 dictionary and look up the word charity today. It's a totally different connotation and meaning. This word mark in the Webster's 1828 there's Several, def, uh, several definitions. Definition number two is a line, groove, or depression made by stamping or cutting, an incision. Well, when you get an implantable microchip into the body, they have to, and and from what I understand, it's a nasty incision. That's what how they refer to it because this needle's big. This this microchip's the size of a grain of rice, and the needle's got to be bigger than that so it can go through it. So it's a, you know, it's like getting punctured, almost. So then you go to, to uh, definition number three, and it says, any note or sign of distinction. Now, this is the Webster's 1828, it says, and it gives a Bible verse, because that's a neat thing about this, it'll actually give you scriptural references in the Webster's 1828. Now, there is a website you can go to, and I'll email it to, you. you're going to have to email me, where you can go up and, and find out any of these definitions online, okay, And uh, I was just up there last night getting these. But definition 3 says, uh, The Lord had set a mark upon Cain in Genesis 4. So, this was a note or a sign of distinction. Which is what the mark of the beast is going to be. So... What I'm trying to do is kind of give us a little broader perspective on, on what the mark is going to fully encompass. I think it's going to be just be more than, than one thing. It's, it's going to not only be some type of implantable microchip that's GPS enabled, that stores all of your personal identity, that, that no man w- is not going to be a, to buy or sell. It's probably going to be linked to your bank account and all these other things. But it's also going to be a sign and a distinction. Your allegiance to Satan. And we're going to look at that. Okay? And we haven't even talked about the, the possibility of, of a, a like a barcode tattoo incorporated into this. We go a little bit further with this definition and it, and it ends with, also says to stamp, to impress, to make a visible impression, a figure indenture as to mark a sheep with a brand. And that's what you're going to be. It's like you're going to have Satan's brand on you if you take this mark. The last uh, definition to make an incision to lop off a part to make any sign of distinction you're going to be basically saying I'm Satan's kid that is going to be the mark of distinction the mark of beast the mark of the beast is going to separate you from from a Bible believing Christian and then it says to mark sheep or cattle by cuts in their ears so this is that was from the Webster's 1828 now let's take a look at where the mark the word mark occurs we're not going to go over every instance in Revelation, but we're going to go over a few, for, for time's sake, the ones that are really pertinent. Revelation 13, 16 says, And he, you know, the Antichrist, causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand, or in their foreheads. Notice it says in. Now this is the King James I'm reading. It's the only version, essentially, that says in. And we're going to look at these other versions and see what they say. Revelation uh, then continuing on in the next verse, Revelation 13, 17, and that no man might buy or sell save he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him ha- that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of man, and his number is six hundred three score and six 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 six. six. This is why they always say 666 is associated with the mark of the beast. So we're not going to be able to buy or sell. And uh, the, the mark is saying it's going to be either in the right hand or in their foreheads. If we go a little bit further, Revelation 24 said, And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, and for the word of God. And which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. Now here it says upon. It's the only time in the King James Bible it says the mark would be upon the forehead. Okay? But then it goes back to saying in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years so there is one verse there is one part of one verse that says it, it could be a pawn ok but all the other verses and there's a lot of other verses that I didn't even go over all indicate that this mark is going to be in and like I said there's a, there's a high likelihood it's going to be a combination of both but primarily this implantable microchip is what is going to enable you to buy and sell and do business I don't see how a, 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 a laser tattoo which could not change. It's, if you get a laser tattoo, it's a laser tattoo and it's a laser tattoo. I don't see how they could implement that to, to see what your bank account is doing or things of this nature. Whereas an implantable microchip can, can exchange information, can receive and exchange information, can be updated. Whereas a tattoo can't really be updated. I mean, what are you going to do? Get a new tattoo every time? You know. So, again, we see through a glass darkly. The, as the Bible says, but I'm trying to put out plausible theories that that, that seem that seem to be uh, like they could happen very easily. If we go to Revelation fourteen nine through eleven, and it says, and if the, and the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, if any man worship the beast in his image and receive a mark in his forehead or in his hand, okay, now this is saying if any man do this, okay, receive the mark in his forehead or in his hand worship the beast in his image, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast in his image. So, the bottom line is here, don't take any mark. <laughs> if, you're, if you are in question at all, do not take any mark. Now, I really believe that when this happens, when this is fully implemented uh, within the tribulation, getting into the second part of the uh, three and a half years, when this is implemented, you're going to know this isn't going to be, this isn't really going to be, now granted, there's going to be many people that are deceived that may not know, but somebody that has this knowledge now, you're going to know what the mark of the beast is. The mark of the beast, uh, now granted, I wouldn't advise getting any microchips at all, period. We were just having a conversation here just now where, uh, I, I just read last night, the first person that ever received a mark or, a, or an implantable microchip in the United States died when he was 18. And We talked about another girl that died very young that received one. I believe it's like you're bringing yourself under a curse if you get one of these things on you or, or, or implanted within you. It's an abomination in the sight of God. Um, there's no way you could scripturally justify it. And, and don't we want to err on the side of safety? Don't we want to flee all appearance of evil? Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> don't take any type of implantable microchip. It's saying here that if you take the mark of the beast during the tribulation, you're done. You're done. There is no other recourse. Uh, I don't see any way out of this. I don't see anything where it says, but if you repent after you do it, I'm sorry, I wouldn't take that risk if I was you. And what it's going to boil down to for most people is if they get to a point where the mark is thrust upon them, it's either going to be get your head chopped off or take the mark. Get your head chopped off or take the mark. That's it. Okay? Now, you get your head chopped off, and you're a born-again Christian, you are going to be reigning with Jesus Christ. Your eternity is right on the other side of that for you. Okay? Eternity with Jesus Christ in heaven. These types of things. You take the mark of the beast, you burn in hell. And then the lake of fire. For eternity. So, you know... This isn't something you want to play around with. Now, the the problem is, is we've got Tim LaHaye in the Left Behind series and a lot of other people, but most of the Tim LaHaye books in these Left Behind series basically say, well, you know, if you take the mark of the beast, as long as you you can take it, but... Um, as long as you really didn't mean it, and as long as your you're, you're true just really isn't the Satan, you can still go to heaven. This is, the, this is the message that's being sent out. This is the heresy and the apostasy that's going to, to damn, I'm not going to say millions, I'm not sure 100% how, how many people were left behind serious influence, but it may be millions. To hell. Because they were thinking, well, I can have my cake and eat it too. I can take the mark, do business, do this, kind of stay under the radar, taking that mark, and I'm still going to go to heaven. That's a life in the pit of hell. It's not going to happen. Please do not delude or fool yourself into thinking that. Because that will never happen. Let's go a little bit further. This is from a guy named R- Mark Relay, And it was entitled, Mark in or on the hand or forehead. Quote, Applied digital... Uh, Solutions, which is the Very Chip Corporation, has consulted theologians and appeared on the religious television program, the 700 Club. The 700 Club with Pat Robertson? Oh, is that so? Applied Digital Solutions goes on the 700 Club. Now, the only reason I would think that, they, that the 700 Club would want somebody like this on there is so that they could rebuke them and tell them that their technology is straight from the pit of hell. But no, 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 we must be kinder and gentler. We must be politically correct. We want, to, we, want to assu- we want to assure the flock that this isn't really the mark of the beast. This was the motivation. To assure viewers that the chip didn't fit the biblical description of the mark because it is under the skin and not in or on from hidden view. Why Why would this matter? Now, now let me read this again. The chip didn't fit the biblical description of the mark because it's under the skin. But hold on. Isn't what I just said, doesn't the King James Bible say it's in, in, in the skin? But to, the, the Applied Digital Angel, the Varechip Corporation, wanted to assure Pat Robertson and the 700 Club that this couldn't possibly apply to the biblical description of the mark of the beast because it is in the skin. Well, hold on. That doesn't make any sense. Well, it's going to make sense to you in a second. Let me keep reading. This is this is one of those things that I worry about. This is this man writing. Um, this is one of those things that I worry about is that people will take the chip in their hands because the Bible says because their Bible their Bible says it's on the skin on the hand. This is why it's so important to check yourself in regard to what Bible you are reading. This one little thing could absolutely, theoretically, could damn you to hell. Because you have been destroyed for lack of knowledge, according to Hosea 4.6. You were fed the wrong information. You had a perverted Bible. You had a watered-down Bible. You had a Bible that things have been added to and taken away. One word from in to on can make that big of a difference. The words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in a furnace of earth purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. That's uh, Psalm 12, verse 6 and 7. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Proverbs 11, 3. Well, the word is the foundation. Wherewith also a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Thy word is a lamp under my feet and a light unto my path. This is from Psalm 119. So, the Bible says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. If the Bible you have in your possession and the word of God that you think you have does not match the word of God up in heaven, then it's not the word of God. It better match. And the King James Bible is the only Bible that makes this distinction. And this is just one of the many. Do you realize that the NIV Bible has 64,098 words, to be exact, less than the King James Bible? Well, that's kind of scary because the Bible says, at the end, in the book of Revelation, just see, I think it's like the second to last verse, second or third to last verse, that if you take away from the book of the words of this prophecy, that he'll take away your part out of the book of life. And if you add to the words of the book of this prophecy, it will add unto you the plagues. So, this is not something you want to be messing around with. The last thing you ever want to mess around with is the Word of God. You you do not want to mess around with the Word of God. This is the truth upon which you get saved, is the Word of God. Jesus Christ identifies Himself with the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same in the beginning was God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. That's John 1. So Jesus Christ, it was like the incarnate Word that came here. And He left this Word for us. We want to make sure the Word that we're reading is the pure Word of God. And please, if you have any doubts on this, email me, and I will email you a... um, word attachment that will you know clarify all this for you so isn't this ironic that we have the Verichip Corporation going on the Pat Robertson 700 Club Pat Robertson 33rd Degree Mason and please if if you have any doubts on Pat Robertson just email me and and I'll, I'll I'll get you the information I had a lady last night just totally attacked me saying I'm full of hate and all these other things You know it's kind of funny because the Bible says Wherefore I beseech you now brethren Mark them which cause division and offenses Contrary to the doctrine which you have learned And avoid them For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ But their own belly And by good words and fair speeches Deceive the hearts of the simple But see I'm a bad guy because I'm judging But the Bible says He that is spiritual judgeth all things We have to judge constantly How do we discern Lest we judge. The kind of judging that we're not supposed to do, that Jesus was in reference to, is hypocritical, pharisaical judgment. Where we have a beam in our own eye, and there's a speck in our brother's. That's the kind of judgment we do not want to do. And I agree with that. But apart from that, he that is spiritual judgeth of all things. Jesus said, judge righteous judgment. So, yeah, I I got... uh, lambasted by this lady but you know that's, that just goes along with the, the, the territory with what myself or anyone that does this type of work will encounter because truth is normally offensive if you're living a lie and you have the truth shined on you and you're li- basically it's like you're living in darkness you're going li- to not like that light being shined on you a lot of times it's a humility factor you know I don't wanna humble myself, I don't want to admit I've wrong. I've I've invested my whole life in this theory or this dogma or whatever I'm believing. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna recant. I don't care what you said in front of me. Don't confuse me with the fact because my mind's made up. Okay. You're probably gonna be destroyed for lack of knowledge. I mean knowledge you've openly and utterly and willfully rejected. That's your choice. You know? And I'm not saying I'm the purveyor of all knowledge. I have been on both sides of most of these issues. I have been on the deceived side. I'm not, I'm not trying to hold these people to a higher accountability than I would hold myself. I have compassion on them so much so that I love them enough to tell them the truth. In fact, that's why I do what I do. You think it's because I want to be popular? These types of ministries that do this type of work, trust me, <laughs> you're going to get hammered. And it's not popular. This is not the type of ministry where, you know, <laughs> it's it's just a very unpopular thing because you're going against the grain of almost all of modern pseudo, modern day pseudo-Christendom. And you're going to rub the people and the ministers and the people that are devoting themselves into these other systems, you're going to rub them the wrong way every time. This is, uh, if we go a little bit further with this study, let's look at some of these other Bible versions, what it says in um, Revelation, um, in these Revelation verses. Now this is from the New International Version. Revelation 14.9 says, A third angel followed them and said in a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives a mark on the forehead or on the hand. On. That's why I applied Digital Solution to go to the 700 Club because most Christians are reading a lukewarm apostate Bible. Some perversion. Well, where did these Bibles come from? Why is it different than the King James? Because virtually all these Bibles spawn from the revised version of 1881, and the authors of that revised version were Westcott and Hort, which were two basically occultists that put on a form of godliness but denied the power thereof. They translated the revised version from two corrupt Catholic documents called the Sinaticanists and the Vaticanus. Now, I don't want to get into to the, to the whole lineage of that. Just email me and I'll get you the information. But, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? You've got a corrupt text being translated from a corrupt text. And this is where all these modern day versions came from. I'm not saying it's not possible to get saved out of one of them. I'm not saying that. But, there's a less likelihood for that to happen. And there's a much less likelihood that you're going to actually be led to the truth. You know, when I when I got my eyes open to a lot of the things that were going on in the Pentecostal movement, because that's what I came out of, it wasn't until I yielded to the King James Bible issue that God opened my eyes to the other obvious things that were going on in the church that were unbiblical. I think it's because if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? God wasn't going to reveal to me all these other truths unless I got His Word stable and set, and what the true word of God is. The Bible says, if you continue in my word, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What's the proviso on that? Continuing in his word. What if the word you're reading is perverted and corrupted? So that was what the NIV says. Now this is the New American Standard, and it says in Revelation 14.9, Then another angel, a third one, followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand. Again, on and on. Instead of in and in. Which is the only one that does the in-in is the King James Bible. So either all these other perversions are right, or the King James... But see, God is not the author of confusion. Why would God do that to us? Why would the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the author of this book, one, one has to live in confusion. That's that's ridiculous. What does the New Living Translation say? It says, Then a third angel followed them, shouting anyone who worships the beast and his statue, or who accepts his mark on the forehead or the hand. On. Okay? That's what it says. On. Not in. New King James Version. Then a third... Now, this is New King James. This isn't like the King James Improved Version. Which is what they'd have you believe it was. It's updated from modern English. Okay, no, it's not that way. It's a perversion. Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand. New King James. We've just went through four versions there where they all use the word on in all instances. Hmm, I wonder if Satan had anything to do with this. Huh. Maybe as a deceptive tool. Hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Amplified version. Then another angel. You talk about adding to the word of God. Remember that verse I talked about at the end of Revelation? Talk about adding to the word of God. That's all Amplified does. Then another angel, a third, followed them, saying with a mighty voice, Whoever pays homage to the beast in his statue and permits the beast's stamp, mark or inscription, to be put on his forehead or on his hand. It's on and on. On and on. Um, then the Revised Standard Version, again, uses on and on. So uh, then the World English Transversion, honest forehead or honest head. I'm not going to read all these, they're basically kind of the same verses. Just Young's literal translation is upon or upon. Okay, but upon is more of, of the connotation of like on, not in. Only the King James Bible version says in and in the forehead, okay? So this is, uh, it's very good to know. I figured if we were going to do this teaching, this is something very important to cover. Very, very, very important for us to kind of get into. Now I'm looking at these questions, I'm kind of going back to these. Okay, now let's look at the possibility of of, of the, the question that they posed about a tattoo, could there be a tattoo incorporated into this mark of the beast thing? Okay. In we're going to talk about this thing called the triquetra symbol. The triquetra symbol in Wiccan, and now I'm just reading from this. This is from uh, this is from a pagan website. I'm reading you this from, so you can't really accuse me of saying, well, this has some kind of Christian bias. The triquetra symbol in the Wiccan and neo-pagan now. Just so you know, if you want to know what a Triquetra symbol looks like, just get yourself a New King James Bible, and it's right on the cover. Because they got a Triquetra symbol on the cover of every New King James Bible. That's how much the New King James people thought of the symbol. In Wiccan and Neo-Pagan belief, the Triquetra symbol symbolizes the triple-aspected goddess, maid, mother, and crone. Now, this is essentially... You know, witchcraft is what we're talking about here. Wiccan, which is white witchcraft. Neo-pagan. So this is what the Triquetra symbol is truly symbolic of. The triple Wiccan goddess symbol. It's kind of like a three-in-one. Now, the NIV, and there's a rock group called POD, and there's a lot of other people in the Christian circles that actually have incorporated the Triquetra symbol into their... Because they, you know, they don't think that Satan should get... a get the glory for something they believe is holy. Even though it was used in paganism long before it ever was contemplated being used in Christianity. But yeah, they uh, these Christians have adopted this. So in fact, I was up on a website last night, it's a true story, and it was basically like Christian Tattoo Association. That's what it was, the Christian Tattoo Association. They had all these tattoos from the supposed Christians and they had a whole page, seventy-two images of the triquetra symbol, supposedly that Christians got. And they showed the pictures of these triquetra symbols on these people. And they had all the they had all their symbols. Okay. Now the the, the study on the tattoo, the Bible talks about in, in the Old Testament, we're not supposed to make marks on our body and these types of things. It's forbidden by God. I'm not saying if you had a tattoo you couldn't get saved. But it's not something surely you want to do after you get saved. People that get tattoos, it's almost like adopt a demon. I don't know, most people are not aware that most people, or, 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 or many people that are tattoo artists, as they call themselves, are actually Satanists as well. They know exactly what they're doing. And when they do these tattoos, it's like implanting demons in you. This is why when you get one, you've got to keep getting more. It's never enough. And many, many times the tattoos, you know, become more and more macabre as they get further into that. And I really haven't seen a whole lot of good fruit come from from people that are heavily uh, tattooed. I just, I, I just haven't seen it. Maybe I'm just being prejudiced, but just haven't seen it yet. But yes, yeah, so you can go up to this Christian Tattoo Association. What, what, a, what an oxymoron! That's like Christian pornography, which they also have. They've got Christian pornography. Yep, it's out there. It's out there. So this is how insane. The world has become particularly, you know, in America. Some Christians have protested that this, that this is an appropriation of their symbol. However, ironically enough, the original Christian fish symbol was derived from an early symbol of Venus, one representing the female gener- generative organs reproductive organs, making the triquetra a perfectly appropriate symbol for the goddess revival. Now, that whole thing about the Jesus fish symbol, again, please email me if you think that's a Christian symbol, because that has a lot to do with the god Dagon, who is the fish god. And because we don't really get our facts straight, and I believe this is one of the reasons why the Ten Commandments get into not making any graven image of of things in the air or or in the sea or in the ground below, because we're always going to get off on the wrong path when we do these things. This is why, again, these people that have these pictures of Jesus, this long-haired, hippie-looking Jesus... There's so many things that are wrong about these things, but because we're totally brainwashed and conditioned in, let's say, a particular church setting, and we grew up in that, we feel as though there's no validity if somebody would come along and say, oh, no, no, this isn't right. This isn't biblical or scriptural. We automatically would want to be defensive and say, oh, no, no, you're wrong, because my pastor taught it to me. What if he was taught wrong? The Bible says, Whoso judgeth the matter before he heareth it, it is a folly and a shame unto him. Most of the time that I get scathing rebuttals, which isn't very often. normally it is somebody that's giving me their opinion. in fact 99% of the time that's all I get is opinion their opinion. I don't really care about anyone's opinion in fact I don't even care about my own opinion if it's not if it doesn't line up with the Word of God. I'm not holding them to a higher accountability than I would hold myself. So please get your facts straight I mean or, or at least say okay. What does this really mean? What, I want to know. I mean, I don't believe what you're saying, but show me what you have. And, and, you know, hey, if you can refute it, please. But see, this is how we need to go into things. I mean, we, we need to uh, have somewhat of an open mind because we're living in the greatest time of deception that the world has ever known. The biggest warning Jesus came regarding the time, the end times is be not deceived. Be not deceived. We should be checking ourselves on a daily basis To see if we're deceived in any way, shape, or form, and pray that we're not. So, this triquetra is also considered to represent the triplicities of the mind, body, and soul, as well as the three domains of the earth, according to the Celtic legend, earth, sea, and sky. Now, the Christians appropriate it and say, oh no, it's Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Why would you even want to go there? This is a pagan symbol. Okay, why would you want to appropriate a pagan symbol and put some Christian veneer on it what, what, does that flee in all appearance of evil I mean you walk around with a triquetra tattoo is that fleeing all appearance of evil hey some, some pagan comes up to you at, at a midi, uh wherever hey man I like your triquetra symbol hey, uh, how long you been a pagan oh I'm not, I'm a Christian well why, because that's a, that's a witchcraft symbol well, yes, but I don't view it that way. Huh. You're not fleeing all appearance of evil. The Triquetra symbol also appears on the television series Charmed, which is that show about witchcraft, probably as a less threatening alternative to the pentacle, which is the five-pointed star in a circle, which is really the preferred emblem of witches Okay, to, to wear. It's a little less... People don't know about this as much as they would a... Uh, uh, a pentacle, like a, five, uh, a five-pointed a 5 star in a circle. People can identify with that a little bit better than they can a triquetra. Most people would see a triquetra and think, oh, what's that? I was go out when I was doing this Prophecy Club tour up in Cleveland. I, we drove by this, this big Catholic church and I noticed as we drove by this Catholic church, it had this gigantic triquetra stained glass over the front door. I thought, how appropriate. The largest pseudo-Christian cult on earth having the triple Wiccan goddess symbol right over the front door to welcome you. How appropriate. New Age leader Marilyn Ferguson who wrote the million copy best-selling book The Aquarian Conspiracy included the Triquetra symbol at the beginning of each chapter of her 447 page encyclopedia. In fact, I got a picture right here of the cover of the book and it's got a Triquetra symbol right on the cover. And it's a New Age Um, best-selling book called the Aquarian Conspiracy. The Triquetra logo is also found on the New King James Bible. Oh, wow. So much for not freeing all appearance of evil. This symbol is also popular with many Masonic occultic organizations. Tex Mars writes, in a startling video expose of the New King James Version, renowned researcher and Bible scholar Gail Ripplinger discusses the Triquetra logo found on each issue of the New King James. She demonstrates that the New King James Logo is strikingly reminiscent of the symbol employed by pagans and occultists for their unholy, Luciferian trinity of deities. See, the Luciferians have a trinity, too, of deities. More than one, the same unified yet three-part logo or symbol is also connected with the theology of top New Age leaders and with the dark initiate rites of high-level Freemasonry. The publisher of the New King James, Thomas Nelson Publishing, may claim that their Bible logo represents the Holy Trinity of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But if so, why is the same design found on many dominant in, in many uh, in dominant in many New Age and occult circles? Why does a revoltingly blasphemous Masonic ritual also employ the same symbol? That, that's one of the uh, initiations of the, of the Freemasons it's one of the degrees where they actually make a three part thing with these guys joining hands that actually makes the triquetra symbol that's what he was in reference to there but perhaps the ultimate use of this strange ancient symbol of foreboding evil is found of all places on a high tech smart card Oh, now see, I said all that to say this, okay? Because Gail Ripplinger sent me a photocopy of a new smart card just unveiled by MasterCard, Visa, Citibank, and Chase Manhattan. Now, this, this information is a little bit dated, but I'm looking at a picture of the smart card, and it's got these triquetra symbols all over it. Now, the smart card would be more like, more along the lines of this national ID that we're talking about here. It was kind of predated the national ID. And with a smart card, you could go and do... Many, many things, and much information could be stored on one card, okay? Which is probably as close to the national ID as we're going to see. On this particular smart card, it has triquetra symbols all over. That is the pattern on the card. All over the guys, there's a picture of his face and everything else, and these triquetra symbols are all over his face. As Gail told me in her letter, the latest smart card has the New King James logo all over the face of the plastic, so that when a picture goes under it, you have 666 on your forehead. Because, why did I just say that? What do you mean six six six? Because the triquetra symbol is also known as a stylized six six six. It's three. Um, you can see what it looks like, no matter. Okay, it's like three uh, things woven in, into one, and it's I can't really describe it over the um, over the audio, but. That is one of the things that the triquetra symbol is known as—a stylized six-six-six, kind of a fancy way of doing it, because you can get six-six-six out of it. Now, I said all that to say this: you know, it may it may come. It may be some type of barcode tattoo that is used. It, there may be some something like a triquetra symbol that is incorporated into that. As far as a laser tattoo on the body, that may be part of the Mark of the Beast. I don't know, but it's plausible, okay? I don't want to be dogmatic about that part, really. I mean, I think we can be dogmatic about the, the playable microchip that's going to be GPS-enabled. So they can track you and, and it's going to have all your information because it, without it you're not going to be able to buy or sell in these types of things. This is more theory but there's, you know, it's plausible. It's definitely plausible. It's inter- interesting study here. Um, another, now, here's another thing. I sent this out a long time ago. This is called UPC barcodes. Another 666 mark has also been introduced itself in our lives without most people noticing it. It is called the Universal Product Code. Through its bar system, this bar code identifies almost every product we buy nowadays and consists of two parts, delim- delimited by three separators, called guide bars. One at the beginning of the code, one at the end, and one in the middle. But since the guide bars are bars themselves, and their configuration is of two vertical thin bars, like the other bars in the bar. Now, what what are we in reference to? We're in reference to the barcodes when you go and buy any product in a store. Okay, it has the barcode on it. Okay? If you notice on these barcodes, if you look at it, go get a a package right now, or now I can send you this email as well. Um, You're going to notice that there's the barcode. And you're going to notice in the middle and on both ends, there's going to be one set of... uh, there's going to be a set of two lines in the middle and on each end that are a little bit longer than the others. And they're the same. That's important. They're the same because if you look at the barcode itself, these lines are of different widths. But you're going to notice the one in the middle and the one on both ends that are a little bit longer are the same. I'm going to get to that in a second. So this what, what does that what are the ones on the, on, the, on the middle and on the ends? What number does that represent in the barcode scheme? It represents the number 6. Did you know that? I'm not making this up. Please you know, email me and I will give you this information. So what you've got is a 666 on every barcode that there is that, on a product that you buy. So this fixed sequence of three sixes, the mark 666, is present upon every UPC barcode, which is present on almost every product we buy. And, you know, then it quotes the verse, and that no man might buy or sell, save he has the mark or the name of the beast, or the number of his name, Revelation 13, 17. Apparently a new UPC specification, including the letters F and H, is in the making. Maybe meaning forehead or hand. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm going to go that far, but I'm looking at one of these barcodes right now, and it's not my imagination. You can, you can go on and... Uh... And the point about all this, that I said all this about the triquetra symbol and the barcode system, is that the technology is already there, and it's been around for many, many, many years. The triquetra symbol, obviously, is an ancient symbol. So, whether they whether they incorporated some type of triquetrisome with a barcode and an implantable microchip, it's hard to say exactly how it's all going to play out. But there's probably going to be some type of physical thing you're going to be able to see on that person to identify them as a follower of the beast. And, and if it's just an implantable microchip, you're not going to know that. You're not going to know walking down the street if you're, if, if this guy's a a follower of the beast or not, unless there's some type of physical identification on them that a person can see, that they don't have to have a scanner to read. That's my point. I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a combination of both. Now this next article, this was from 2005, June 18th. This was in my local paper in the news press where I live here. And uh, it, it was entitled, Parishioners Go Under the Scan. Barcodes enable pastors to record church attendance. Now, I found this interesting because now they're even conditioning the churches. Members at Iona Hope Episcopal Church noticed something different on their name tags last week. Barcodes. Reverend John Adler came up with the idea. The purpose of this software is to keep better track of his flock. Oh, isn't that nice? That's what Satan's going to be doing too. To keep track of his flock. The church who has 487 members uh, with that many people those who miss church for two weeks will no longer slip through the cracks. The program is called Automated Church System Technologies. Based out of Florence, South Carolina, costs 700 bucks. The Episcopal churches don't do this very well. Don't do this very well, whatever that means. Keeping track is a really an important thing. Evidently, they don't keep track of the flock very well. The automated system replaces the old-fashioned method of passing clipboards in the pews to take roll. B Bentley collects the name tags after services they are scanned and then Bentley puts them back on board for on the board for the next week. The barcode system scans each tag with a press of the button and the computer sends a list to all those who attend to Adler. The system serves two purposes, to follow up with new members and to check upon the members if they miss a few services for illness or vacations. It, this is just this is incomprehensible to me, you know. But this was in, you know, hey, this is great. A group of women volunteering in the church's thrift shop think it's great. Think it's a great idea. I think it will be, this is lady in Westgate, I think that it will be useful because a directory of members never has has been in our system. She says the barcode is an excellent way to keep track of the parishioners. Boy, they're not going to have a really hard time taking the mark of the beast probably because they're already going to be so conditioned into this line of thinking. And the, their Bible, will guarantee—it's an Episcopal church, not the King James, most likely. So, as long as it's not on the hand, and it's in the hand, they can take the microchip, right? It's not a big deal. See how we've got all this conditioning going on to deceive even even the churches. And then, it, and then um, another two members chime in, and they said, "I haven't heard anything negative." And we have all had a great laugh about it. (laughs) You and Satan, you're having a great laugh. He's laughing right along at you. Not really with you, but at you. How pathetic. Where's the discernment? He was not kidding around the church members and told parishioners who are not in church, we will fax this list to heaven by Monday, he said. This evidently was the pastor. Oh, that's not too blasphemous. No. No. Let's go a little bit further with this. On a list of questions, as we get to the next question, he had asked me, does the past, um, regarding things like, you know, the Emperor Nero and the Holocaust under Hitler, does that tell anything about the coming mark of the beast? And, um... Then he also says, does the Pope issue this mark to the people according to Revelation 13? Well, I do believe that all the churches are going to come underneath the Catholic banner. I'm not going to say that they're all going to call themselves Catholic. It's going to be the one universal church. The Catholic system is probably the best and the most powerful of all churches on the planet that could accommodate this. Um... And there's a very, very good chance that the Pope is going to be, you know, if not the main, but one of the main religious leaders, whether he may be the false prophet. You know, I I can't be dogmatic about any of these things. Again, we see through a glass darkly. But the Catholic Church is going to be involved in the end-time delusion and deception in a gigantically major way. There's no doubt about that. Okay? Whether the Pope issues this mark according to Revelation 13, I, I, I... Maybe... Maybe that's the way it will play out. I can't say dogmatically for sure. The, fa- the 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 point is, though, and the fact remains is that the mark is going to be issued, and you do not want to take it, whether it's the Pope issuing it or Mahatma Gandhi, I don't, or Alistair Crowley. I, it doesn't matter. You just don't want to take the thing. So, uh, this this question in regard to the Holocaust, and you know. Emperors like Nero and these types of things. Does this tell us anything about the coming mark of the beast? Well, let's let's look back in history a little bit, and let's just kind of see. We're going to look at this a little bit closer, and then we'll end out with this this uh, teaching here. And these are some articles, some information I got from we the people will not be chipped.com. I'm just going to read you some excerpts from this. One of and you can go up on their website and click into any of these links and you can see this stuff for yourself. The first one was entitled IBM the Nazis and the digital angel Verichip. Now, as history has a funny habit of repeating itself, study World War II closely on how IBM backed the Nazi regime utilizing the Hollerith machine. Now, I said a pretty strong statement that IBM. This is the same IBM today that makes, you know, copiers and these types of things. IBM backed the Nazi regime by utilizing and selling them a machine called the Hollerith machine. The Hollerith machine was a punch card system that aided in cataloging the population, tracking, which is what we're really talking about here with the Mark of the Beast. One of the main things. This IBM technology gave the fascist totalitarian state. The much needed technology to boost to increase its rate of human data processing uh, what, you know tracking control the whole nine yards identifying the goal was simple extreme nationalism which caused for the unification of all german-speaking peoples and eradicating the enemies of the state, namely the Jews and the other non-compliant races this is why this technology was was implemented okay so as far as history repeating itself, this is what we're going into again here. The fast forward to the year 2006, and we have IBM funding the parent company of the Verichip, namely Applied Digital Solutions. So see, IBM hasn't changed one bit. They're the ones funding Verichip and Applied Digital Solutions. How horrific and heinous is that? The very fact that IBM was allowed to continue as a company after they sold the Nazis this technology and not only sold it, but serviced the machines on site, and we're going to prove that, and they're the same ones backing Verichip and Applied Digital Solutions. This is what I was just reading you about Verichip. IBM. The Verichip Corporation is is both FDA approved and patented with the owner patent granted recently to Verichip manufactured Digital Angel Corporation. Wow. Now, there's a little video I can send you here, and this is a, uh, it's called... IBM Verichip and the Fourth Reich. And this is going to go into some of these interviews that I told you about. Um, I'll, what I'll try to do is probably put this on my sermons audio website so you can actually click into this link. And you can kind of watch it yourself. But I can also email you the uh, email. And then we go a little bit further. IBM and the Hollerith Machine. All governments gather information about their citizens. The Nazi regime, however, used such information to track political opponents, enforce racial policies, and ultimately implement mass murder. As early as 1934, various government bureaus began to compile card catalogs identifying political and racial enemies of the regime, such as Freemasons, Jews, Gypsies, and genetically diseased persons. The 1939 census became the basis for the National Register for the Jews, that year, German consensus forms for the first time included explicitly racial categories. Jews were identified not only by religious affiliation, but by race as well. Within three years, the completed National Register of Jews and some mixed Jewish mixed breeds were, were to become one of the sources for Nazi deportation lists. Most of those deport deported, perished in the Holocaust. During the 1930s and 1940s, the Hollerith machines by IBM were the best data processing devices available. The Nazi regime employed thousands of people in 1933 to 1939 to record the national census data into the Hollerith punch card system machine by IBM. The SS, the Nazi SS, used the Hollerith machines during the war to monitor large numbers of prisoners shipped in and out of concentration camps. The machines were manufactured by German Hollerith machines company, a subsidiary of IBM since 1922. IBM Germany did not simply sell, they called it IBM Germany also, did not simply sell the Reich machine, the Reich the Third Reich, the machines and then just walk away. It wasn't like they sold them to them and just walked away. IBM's subsidiary, with the knowledge at its New York headquarters, enthusiastically custom designed the complex devices and specialized applications as an official corporate undertaking. DeHomag's Mo- De top management, that was, another, that was their, their German name, DeHomag's top management was comprised of openly rabid Nazis who were arrested after the war for their party affiliation. IBM New York always understood from the outset of 1933 that it was courting and doing business with the upper echelon of the Nazi party. They were not innocent. They're not innocent now as they back Digital Angel and Verichip. You talk about evil. There's a whole book you can go and uh, get up here. It's called IBM and the Holocaust. Whole book. This book tells the story of the IBM's Conscious involvement directly through its subsidiaries in the Holocaust as well as the involvement in the Nazi war machine that murdered millions of people throughout Europe. So I can get you this whole um, if you're listening to this and you're not on my email list, you want me to add yon, just email me and I'll add yon or if you want me to send you this, I can just do that individually. But all this information's there and it's valid. So we're gonna go ahead and end this this teaching today. And uh, if you have any questions, go ahead and just uh, email me. And uh, may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you. Thank you.